God! What is that contraption carrying your belongings? A steam automation? Oh, what? Does it eat steam? It does not matter. <clears throat> Good sir, can you see the distress your automation is causing to the people in this room? The entity carrying your knickknacks poses too many mysteries and possible dangers. A question on my mind is, if the automation is a conscious being or just an assortment of metal, what if it does not have a consciousness but wishes to pilfer one of ours? However, that would be an improvement for all of us. <laughs> I jest, I jest, I jest. I think I will change the topic today to help ease our minds on our new friend by looking through the vacant eyes, borrowing the claw hand from the automation I shall crush the veil or two of you, ramble, shamble. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble, the podcast where one is a historian and another one is an engineer. Today, the host is yourself, Mackie. Well, not yourself, myself, Mackie, and joined by Jotun. Say hi, Jotun. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I decided to be a little more suave, but I couldn't quite hold it together because words are hard when you're trying to record it yourself and you have to actually think of what you're saying. What do you think, Jotun? <laughs> yeah, words words are hard. I agree. Me, no speak words while. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of my probably one of my favorite mugs, coffee mugs. That's one with Homer Simpson. <laughs> Where it says, me no well beer without. <laughs> uh, he's a funny guy. So guys, a uh, little FYI, I'm still kind of recovering from a little infection in the nasal or chest area. So apologies if I don't sound as clear as I should. But we'll see how things go. Because the week never stopped recording. Now, guys, we're going to start this episode in a bit of a weirder fashion. So I'm going to forego the whole intro of where you can find our podcast and all that kind of stuff and ramble shrapnel although you guys will probably listen to it at the end of this episode but this episode i want to kind of get into as quickly as possible because i think we have a lot to talk about it so in if you have not listened to our previous episodes myself and Jotun and many of our guests we often speak about future of humanity and it's quite a common theme of this podcast i have to say and we talk about technologies and obviously a number of different areas. And this is going to be a bit of a, a side path, a different route that humanity could move into. Although it's a route that we have kind of started exploring more and more as our technology keeps advancing. And that is going to be cyber simulation or virtual life. I think cyber simulation is obviously a better kind of the better understanding for most people but i say virtual life because in media and different places 
we get closer and closer to becoming one with our machine life and what better yet than simulation because simulations you can simulate everything Jotun, I know you must have quite a bit of uh, understanding or quite a prickler of media of cyber life and cyber simulation, I assume. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Quite quite a bit. Um, it's, it is a very interesting topic to approach. And I enjoy looking at the, the different ways in which people envision such a life coming about in the future. And especially where they take aspects of modern technology and our let's call it our cyber life of nowadays and apply it to that kind of future in a realistic way but also in a fantastic yeah and i like to see the juxtaposition between the realism and the, the fantasy of it yeah before we get to our topic though have you ever used vr headset before like a vr headset with the controls and everything Dude, I have to say that is one part of my gaming life which is sorely lacking, <laughs> and which I and Aww. which I'm a little bit regretful about because I have many friends who have experienced like that proper virtual room, like the HTC Vive, but mm -hmm. the, the room version where they have a large space that they can play inside, and the stories that are here just sound so cool. But I've never had the chance to do it. So I had my first chance last year at the Insomnia Gaming Convention. And I thought, hey, let me give it a try. I've never had a headset on top of my head and I've never kind of done the experience. So I stood in the queue and it was one for the Half-Life VR experience, which is a very cool game. Uh, I played a bit of it. Half-Life Alex. Half-Life Half Alex. Yes, you that one. But the problem was when when I got in there, no one told me the controls of the game and it put me in some way like I'm assuming at least halfway. Why I say that is because I was I get, got into the world and never I never did the tutorial or the hey, you can pick up stuff, you can reload your gun like this. So it didn't tell me any of that. And the gun that I had in my hand because I was playing the game, which involves the gun, had no bullets, but I had ammo. I picked up ammo. But I didn't know how to unload the gun and reload the gun because there's an actual button you have to press to un unload the, the, the ammunition and reload with a new one. Now, I stood there fumbling around and being my fun self as Mackie, just like enjoying the experience my own little way. So when I was fighting the monsters, instead of shooting at them, I just picked up random boxes and threw them on top of them. And... Obviously, not freaking out because it's a, it's a game in the end of the day. And people were watching me. Trust me, there was a big TV, so they knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> but the problem is, <laughs> they saw me fumbling around looking at this gun, trying to figure out for the life of me, how do I unload this cartridge so I can un so I can load a fresh magazine? And at one point, I took off the heads and said, sorry, I don't know the controls of the game. Can you please let me know how do I limit unload my gun? And the guy looked <laughs> at it and was like, the, obviously the guy who had been watching this whole experience he's like let me try and he spent uh, literally like five minutes trying to also unload the same gun and so at one point i figured it out and literally 10 seconds later like someone tapped me on the shoulder and says follow your time's up and we're like well this was a fun experience <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun people were like saying dude if you were a youtuber i would watch you and I'm like well i guess so and i just walked off <laughs> wow but 
Yes, so that, that was my VR experience. Let's go into the topics though. So the first topic that I would like to touch on it, on cyber life and cyber simulation is going to be on media portrayal. So this could be Tron, Matrix, any kind of thing. And I'm interested in your media because I'm sure Jotun has like a, a much faster ex- uh, prefer of items he can pick from because I will admit he's a more avid reader than I am. And I'm sure he's he's touched on a few. So, Yota, my question is, which media do you think portrays the best cyber simulation or our eventual reach of reaching cyber life? So, I think that the, the, the best one, and I'm defining best here as the one that I would most like to come about, would be something more akin to Ready Player One. Oh, good one. Yeah, and that's just because, in a very similar way to cartoons, there are things that video games enable us to do that real life can't offer us. And because of that, I think that it's the most desirable kind of thing. Now, I'm just I'm just talking about the, the cyber world of Ready Player One. I don't want to talk about whatever the heck is happening in the real world there, because that looks pretty dystopian. But the cyber world looks pretty damn fun. And I think that it's one of the more realistic ways in which a cyber life will come about. And the reason why I think that is just because we can see those trends in modern society now already with regards to how quickly video gaming is spreading amongst the global population, its popularity, and the advancements in technology and VR technology that we actually are seeing. Naturally, as human beings, we also feel the most engaged by play, just like playing with things. And for that reason, I think that video games are the way in which cyber life will actually start or some kind of simulated life. Mm -hmm. Just because what is a video game? A video game is a virtual world in which you are given a goal and you are given rules and restrictions that limit the ways in which you can achieve that goal. And human beings are naturally motivated by goals. So I think that that's how we are going to at least get started in the virtual world before there's anything like work or let's call it productive stuff. Before there's any kind of productivity in a virtual world, people will be incentivized to engage with it through video games, I believe. So I think that that's the best way. Because who doesn't want to slay dragons and stuff, you know? No, 100%. (laughs) And sorry to interrupt your thing, but like Facebook have really kind of started that with the metaverse, where I'm not sure how much you've obviously explored into that area, area, sorry, is the fact of where... You, he was trying to push where people could start their own businesses in the cyber simulation. And obviously anything like artists could upload their PNGs or JPEGs and people could procure them virtually online. And I can, I rem- it hasn't, hasn't gotten the kind of like, oh, wow, special attention because obviously the metaverse is still very rudimentary. It's very clunky. It's not fluent. It's very... It's very on the base levels of where Ready Player One was. 
But I have to say, maybe you have a different point of view on this, and that's this is a kind of really starting poke, that I don't see the appeal of owning something virtually, where by owning, I mean like if I were to buy an art piece, and now this art piece could be worth millions of millions of dollars, but it's, it's it sounds a bit like a scheme almost, because where obviously an art piece can be of any media, but I can't shake the feeling that I don't really, I don't actually own this. Like I don't physically own this entity. It's more like it's there, but it's it's something I can show off to virtual people, not to my real life friends or people. What do you think, Jotun? So I think that for the most part, the appeal of any kind of virtual reality will be novelty, mm. and by that I mean um, it should. It's kind of a waste of time. Okay, well, <laughs> this, will, this will get a bit more complex, but it's kind of a waste of time to go into a virtual world to do the kinds of things that you already do and know from real life. And so when you go to a virtual world, this is, this is approaching a different question that you want to ask. But when I would go to a virtual world, I would like to see places that I've never been to before and do Good things. Point that I could never do in real life because otherwise I can do it in real life. Why would I mm. even care? So, True. yeah, so I can definitely agree with you with it, with regards to hesitation about virtual life, if it's the same as real life, mm. because what's the point then, you know, there's <laughs> like in real life, if I have food, at least I get to eat it and experience it. You know, um, if I have art, I can show people that I actually care about because I don't know the other people. So how, how does it like, how do I have that same sense of ownership in a virtual world? If virtual avatars are looking at my art, I also wouldn't spend money like on virtual art. That's stupid. <laughs> you know, like I can take a screen snip of something and be like, Ooh, look at my virtual art. You know, it's stupid. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so going back to Ready Player One, so what makes you say that's the best depiction of cyber civil cyber uh, life? So you mentioned how like how we'd get there to kind of get to the via gaming route. Gamers would be the frontier people to kind of first touch on to cyber simulation. Why is it? Yeah. The, why is the best depiction though? So I think it's the best depiction amongst a sea of bad depictions if I can put it that way. Okay. And I think it's the most desirable because it is with the, with the video game setting and just like looking at the virtual world and not the real life world of Ready Player One, I think that it's the most appealing to people just because you go there with the intention of playing a game and kind of living a fun like living a fun life but in, in in most other depictions of cyber reality it's like a dystopian kind of world inside the actual virtual world or it's the same real world that's like perfectly simulated a la the matrix you know he has mm. a desk job inside the inside the matrix like how is that how, how is that any kind of benefit dude? like an office job in a, in, uh, in a cubicle so uh, and even if it was limited to a race 
with that first level in Ready Player One. At least you have like the hub world where there are these new and interesting people and creatures and things like that. And you get to set up an avatar as you like it. I don't think that that's entirely the best way because I wouldn't want to date a chick in the virtual world and she's like some fat slob in the real life, you what? know? Because she has an ugly birthmark on the left side of her face that really is very quite invisible. You think she's ugly? Yeah, and she's, <laughs> and she's sweaty and smelly and like <laughs> Cheeto dust on her and stuff. But so I think in my ideal world, there would be, there would be your ideal avatar, but I think there should be some kind of way of knowing who the player is as well, or at least how they look. Yeah, because then otherwise, I, yeah, I don't know. That, that just comes to ethical things and, Ethics is a bit too deep for, for this kind of conversation, I think. No, 100%. So I do have one poke into Replayer One's virtual reality. And yeah. that is definitely the, you know, at one stage he gets, he gets obviously in-game money. And using that in-game money, he's able to buy real-world items. So that's including a better setup for his gaming experience. At one point, he mm-hmm. gets that kind of like suspending uh, kind of suit that allows him to like almost sprint on place on a treadmill that allows him to move, run in different directions. So now his avatar is matching his runs. Now, how fit do you think people need to be to use that for long periods of time? Because unlike you, Jotun, a lot of people can't run like a marathon. And I cannot hmm. imagine these like people that now eating their che- Cheeto dust and stuff saying, oh, I want to wear that suit so I can actually run. And then they'll be using that for like maybe half an hour. And then they put it to the side and said, I'm not going to run. That's that's the whole point of why I have an avatar to make it run for me. <laughs> I think I think that's your boo boo. If you if 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 it's a problem for you to wear that suit, well, look, I don't think that the suit will be applicable to the entirety of that simulated space. I think that it will be very much like the video game ecosystem that uh, that exists today. Just because the infrastructure has to come from somewhere and this just happens to be the foundation that we have. So I think it would be more akin to you have this virtual suit inside of a video game or you have it inside the Ubisoft realm or the Steam realm or something like that. And you wouldn't be able to apply it everywhere. And with regards to acquiring things in real life, I don't think that there's any kind of moral or ethical quandary over there or any kind of impracticality because that's just like a raffle in the real life. You you buy a chance to acquire this item. And if you get it in the game, then you, you probably get a virtual version of it. But who knows, man? Like if a if a million people participate in this competition and they each have a ten dollar stake in it, then it'll be it'll be peanuts for that company to say that then you win ten thousand dollars in real life because they made so much more money and developers have to get paid from somewhere. So I don't think there's any issue with that. No, that's true. Okay. No, I think replay one is a very good depiction of like a possible route of virtual life. Now yeah. You did touch on 
I've been debating this for quite a while in my mind because there's a lot of ones that I would love to touch on. Uh, that would be Assassin's Creed with a machine that allows you to explore your past ancestors' virtual via virtual simulation. The Animus. The Animus, which is something that I think is a really clever and very cool idea because you gain all that experiences in that past. But to form to something that is... Wait, wait, wait before, you, before you go a bit deeper, why? what about the Animus is so appealing to you? Well, the fact is that the Animus allows you to explore your past ancestors. And I'm not saying that all your ancestors have to be kick-ass assassins because my ancestors, I would not really know who they are. But it's the skill transfer from being that ancestor at that time. So being able to run a simulation of saying like, hey, I want to know how to cook or I want to know how to fight. So what a coincidence. I literally thought, well, what if your ancestor was a baker or some <laughs> like exactly. lower job like that? But that's what I'm saying, that those skills are better transferred from by being and doing what the ancestor did. So mm. imagine a world where you don't have to spend up years and years of practicing, of doing certain things, doing an animus, which I assume is quite a, like a short period, short period of time, running a simulation. Those skills and talents, although not 100% concrete in your mind, you come out of that simulation and you feel like, I feel so like I've done this before. I know what to do. I know what to smile. I know what to touch. I know what to feel. And having yeah. that kind of animus kind of technology to allow you to do simulations of your past ancestors that are in your genetics, but now you have a way to activate them. It's just something that I think like, wow, that is a pretty neat depiction of simulation in a different way yeah what you touched on there is i think the truly interesting thing about it and that's just the concept of being able to tap into the collective unconscious that Agreed. is lying latently in the human mind 100%. so yeah even if it had nothing to do with your own personal ancestors just the idea of using the human collective unconscious as a substructure for a virtual world is really fascinating to me. And that's why Assassin's Creed, um, like their depiction, I think deserves a little bit of thinking about. A hundred percent. But yeah. So yes, yeah, so Assassin's Creed was going to be one of them. But when I thought more and harder and harder, People might think I'm lazy, but I have to think... You are ma- lazy, though. I'm sorry. So I have to say that the one I had to fall back on is probably people thinking, oh, this is obvious. It would have to be The Matrix because I would love to say Free Guy would be the best depiction of a virtual life. But The Matrix is something that I think more for lungs or trunk because why I say that is that I agree with you. Gaming would be a first step into the virtual world. But the more, if you think of it, the metaverse becoming something that is where you can buy reward items. Ready Player One is probably the better one out of these two. Why I admire this cyber simulation is where, Jotun, you obviously disregarded the the reward depiction of Ready, Ready Player One. And I think that's a really important part of why what made Ready Player One such an ideal virtual life. Because the basis of your one was basically life around in the poverty areas was so bad and people had to build their houses on top of each other's 
was such an like a, a gloomy and sad way of life that they ended up saying that the only way to kind of escape that reality is through virtual simulation. And I think that was like a really core part of what made Ready Player One such a like an impactful uh, movie. Now, Matrix, obviously, Yotans probably will understand this way better than I do. Matrix is taking the opposite where humanity obviously kept evolution uh, growing and a bit like Terminator, they started making robots that kind of at one stage started outperforming them and these robots needed a power source. What did they end up doing? They ended up powering themselves via the electricity that goes through the human mind. So basically humans became batteries to them. So there was encouragement to keep producing humans but, Jotun, uh, uh, do you know how, how did Matrix, how did those machines end up making more and more humans? Do you think they, like, fertilized certain women, or how do you, or do you think that they made them artificially? I think that they're all test tube babies. I think so, too. Because if, if you think about it, they, if you look at how Neo was extracted from his pod, and all the other pods that were lined up next to him, it's, it seems more efficient to me. And like, let's not kid ourselves. The machines would try to be as efficient as possible. Oh, 100%. It seems a bit more efficient to me to have an incubated human egg and sperm grow inside that pod from the size of like a cell rather than have to make an even more complex operation of having like a big tank full of a ton of baby <laughs> fetuses that they need to get siphoned off into their individual pods. Now, I think it's easier to just put the thing in the pod that it's going to grow up with and then have it grow there. Plus, if you're incubating it in like uh, a surrogate or something, then you'd have a operation of you, you have like fully mature women that are no longer able to give you battery power because they effectively have to be a battery for the baby instead. Which, I mean, why would you share? Like, a machine wouldn't want to share. So, no, I think they're all taste two babies. Man, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was becoming a bit too, too close to the machines there, man. I don't want to switch <laughs> sides. <laughs> so, basically, why I think Matrix is a uh, bit better realization or better depiction of virtual life is at one stage, we will be forcing ourselves to be... We Look, we'll first cling to the virtual life, like in Ready Player One. People were very clingy to their virtual avatars and whatever they could do. And I think at one stage, humanity will reach a point where it's no longer... It's, it's like a addiction. So where in the past, before cell phones became a big thing, people wouldn't necessarily use cell phones, really. They wouldn't... They would be focusing around them. But then they become a bit of a dependency now people can't survive without their phones. And I'm sure Yotsin can attest to South Africans who experience load shedding that most of the time we kind of, at some t stages where we forgot to charge our cell phones and laptops, it's probably the one of the worst of times ever because what do you do for the next hour or so of load shedding that you have and you forgot to charge there? Pick up a yep. book, read? What, what With no light source, how do I do that kind of stuff? And <laughs> that's that's something that only the commons deal with. Exactly. So why I say Matrix depicted a, a more truer is probably because of its darker history behind cyber simulation. And I can, you cannot help not think 
that what if we are all just cyber simulations? Because one of the games that I don't quite like is Sims. And the part that I do like is obviously you make your sim and you build your house and that's really cool. But then at one point I get bored of it because at one stage I realized that I'm playing a game where I'm controlling a character to do their own life. So I need to make sure that they eat properly, go to the toilet, make them go to shower, make them go to work, come back, do the same thing. And I'm like thinking, well, this is real life. This is not what I want to play. But then what if that's where I like get more philosophical, where I think, what if there's someone above me doing that exact same thing? And I find it funny because I think it's in Sims 4 where you can make your Sims play Sims. So now that just making it like feel like an inception kind of thing because now they're playing <laughs> Sims, controlling their character to do what they're doing, or I'm playing Sims, making that character do what that thing, where there could be someone above me doing the exact same thing to do that thing. <laughs> yeah. So I think the one point I would like to hear from you, Jotun, before we move to our next topic is, do you think, or what made you pull away from the fact that we already are in a simulation? Hmm. Well, we certainly can be inside a simulation, but I do think that there is a lim- limitation to which we can actually recreate a simula- uh, simulation in a virtual world. Um, and by that, I mean that somewhere down the line, there is going to be a loss of senses in some kind of way. That's either mm. through a reduction in the the scale or intensity or let's call it resolution of your senses. And you, you can do that with a simple ratio. It's like a 7 to 10 ratio. The 7 is the simulated space and 10 is true reality. Um, but I don't think it's going to be something like that. I will think it'll be a literal loss of one of our senses, something like a sixth sense or what people commonly associate with a sixth sense, like some spiritual aspect or or something like that, which we don't have in our normal real life. But maybe there's something latent within our brains and our Everybody, I'm working with the concept that this is a simulated life now that we're living. I've broken the system. He's, he's <laughs> one of them. I'm not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> um, like there's like a latent ability of ours in our consciousness in this virtual world where our consciousness remembers that we actually have this other sense. Mm. And that could actually be how people like have these weird occurrences like a a doppelganger or deja vu or like serendipity and things like that where we uh, it's it's almost like we have a little bit of a flashback to our real reality and so i think that if this is a simulated world that we're living in there will be some kind of a sense that we have forgotten or that we don't know about in this simulated space but I don't okay. think that it's possible to recreate reality in a simulated space just because of you would need at least an equal amount of energy from the simulation system to create that kind of space in terms of crunching the raw data to produce that simulation. 100%. And I don't think that's possible. Okay. I think that's a, that's a good point to leave that topic on. 
And that's not going to be the question, so don't worry, audience. The question is going to be coming up to our next topic, which Jotun has admitted already, he's already touched on it already, is if you if you were in a virtual simulation in like Ready Player One, because I love that depiction as well, so I have to give you that victory there. But if you were in a virtual simulation as depicted in Ready Player One, what are the, some of the things that you would do? And we'll try to stick to two. Jotun, I know you touched on one, but do you want to elaborate a little bit more? Because now we actually on the topic itself yeah i think that i would first of all i I don't count this as uh, one of the things that i would do but just like something that i would do (laughs) sorry i know that doesn't make sense but as a starting point i would expect there to be some kind of time dilation that's happening inside this this virtual world a hundred percent yeah, I don't want to go traveling for a month inside the game and then a month passes in real life. That would be such a chore. Like, let's say you you want to go hype the Appalachians or Everest or something, but like every four hours you have to go back to real life so that you can have a meal and go, <laughs> go pee and stuff like that. <laughs> that would be so boring. I feel like there, there would be different versions though because there would be one way obviously like catered for your kind of people where they say she's only have an hour to deal guys i have to go back to work in the next hour where but there will be one one of like the truest people where they say i want to hack that thing like if it was a real life and then that's like a day-by-day situation situation but but i i don't i don't agree with that at all because if you can dilate time then that just means that time is going at the normal speed of time in the virtual world yeah it's not going that quickly in real life. So re- if you want that experience of the slow, laborious hike up Everest as a kind of achievement, you can still do that within an hour play session. It'll, the experience for you will be the exact same. And so my, my argument is that mm. I don't want to spend that much time in the real world, but I do want to spend it in the virtual world. Well, that, that, that's the thing. So I think that's where our understandings are differing because my understanding is that obviously there'll be a, a kind of a, a type of simulated time di- dilation. However, there are those people who like to kind of really engross themselves. Like yourself, you mentioned a few times in the real world kind of situation. And I agree with you. There will be people who say that they, they, they have the same mindset as you where they don't want to spend hours and hours in real in in game time as it is in real world time but there are other people who are more not look i don't fall in that group either i fall in the kind of in between where but i i I like experiencing real life as well but there obviously there are people who would enjoy the kind of fact of like if i were to climb this mountain in real life i want to make sure that's the true grueling experience of climbing this thing and they treat it like their job so like twitch streamers they would love to do it because then they would have their hours on twitch which they so careful which they struggle to keep up but yeah carry on yeah i i think that's a, a moot argument just because yeah granted time dilation does actually exist it will still be the slow laborious experience for you in the virtual world and you could easily set up or pay for a virtual camera to record that for you and True. then your twitch People can all view that in real time in the real world. 
It's just that the recording of it happened at a quicker pace. So you could easily set things up so that, let's say, the FPS within the game is something like 2,000, and per frame is one second or one minute inside the virtual world. And, I mean, you can easily see you can make 10 hours within one minute or whatever inside the real world. So I don't think that's a moot point. And especially if you think, what would be the opposite of time dilation? It would be time constriction. And I think you're... You, I think you're an idiot and you don't value your own personal time if you're like, I have four hours to blow, but I only want to experience one second in the virtual world. Like <laughs> All that that's going to do is it's going to mean that you're like, you're 80 when you feel like you've only lived 20 years of your life. Like, stupid. I mean, I guess there are idiots out there, but I don't see the use in that. So, but what is time dilation to you? So what is, is this like the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z where uh, a, a year inside is one day outside? Is that what you're trying to depict? Yes. So that's why I'm saying is that in in-game life, so think of Valheim as an example. You yeah. obviously set at a set speed. So days go by really quickly. However, it doesn't yeah. mean that you get to do twice as much work just because obviously you get to progress the day count a lot faster but you don't you don't yeah. move at that speed of the day going because imagine volheim which a day is roughly say 10 minutes and yeah. you're able to move at that speed in real world time you'll be moving a whole lot faster than that and i feel like yeah. at one point if we play in ready player one i don't think you would be able to move at that said speed like unless you were able to plug your brain itself into the cyber simulation yeah. Well, this this comes to the like the metaphysical concept of dualism, which is is something that we take for granted from religions and also philosophy, which basically says that our consciousness or our soul is separate from our bodies. And so I I a virtual world I think would necessitate that separation to actually be a thing so yeah plugging your subconscious to the virtual life directly not with, not via your body then your subconscious it's just directly well, how's to, it virtual if your body is doing it well that's where ready player one is basically like that is where your body your whole self is in there not just your brain it's your body included because he moved his character with his body himself but if you're saying your brain, then 100%, I'm with you. Time dilation, 100%. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so granted this is my fantasy scenario. Yeah, 100%. There would need to be time dilation. And the system, the, the gaming system would be have to be sophisticated enough so that your brain impulses and commands are able to command your virtual self. So it would probably actually have to be something as advanced as like jacking yourself in like the Matrix or or like Cyberpunk 2077 as well, where you have like a, a cable that comes out of your wrist or something. True. Yeah, and but that would of course be limited by the speed at which chemical transfer can happen inside your brain and electrical like your brain can fire electrical impulses. So there would be a hard limit to the amount of dilation that you can have. But even if it's like 
let's say three to one of real life. I could still go and, I don't know, go swim with dolphins or something for three hours inside the virtual world, whereas I would only be spending one hour in real life playing that game. And I think that that would be necessitated. So actually finish your points and then I'll add my yeah. my you're, you're, you're into the criticisms today, man. Just like <laughs> let yourself be taken down the ride. Okay, take me down the ride, I realize. We're not, we're not trying to build this virtual world. <laughs> but so I would travel a lot. I would go to places that I wouldn't be able to see in real life. Either because, like, let's say I really want to go to Syria or Iraq to look at some of the beautiful archaeology there. Because that's where the Sumerians and the first civilizations we believe actually came from. But it's a war-torn country and it's actually very dangerous to tour there. Mm. But in the virtual world, I can do that without any kind of problem. So I would travel to places where I'm not able to travel. And if you think about it, you could also like just go see what it's like to stand on the, the moon Europa and like just be in space on a different celestial sphere. You could just go check it out. You're not going to be hurt in real life. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for me to go travel and that's what I would do. Mm. And then also like, dude, how awesome would it be to go to like a afternoon or a day trip in Skyrim? Just go check out Tamriel. <laughs> like there's so uh, many awesome virtual worlds that you can also go experience. So that's what I would do. Okay, okay. So my my poke on that is that it's again it's how you bought your cyber simulation is that although you experience like your three three days in there, it's one day outside. Now no sorry, one hour outside. Is your brain is still gonna be tired at the end of it, but I, I don't I don't disagree with you that the exploration factor is definitely an appeal for virtual life because then you to like eat the cuisines and to smile those smiles of that places because you often have those games where they say oh this thing tastes delicious and you're like well guess the game i have to take the game's word by it but to plug yourself yeah. in there to like say oh this actually does taste unique i, I would admit i would love to do that 100 percent. yeah so i so if we are looking at how we can actually construct this kind of affair, I would say that the best way to do it is to basically induce technologically controlled dream state. And okay. then I think okay. all the criticisms that you just came up with can are totally, yeah, because 100%. when we, we, a lot of the time when we're dreaming, we have a long narrative of a dream that happens within the span of a few minutes or a few seconds in real life. Mm -hmm. And so when we wake up in the mornings, we don't feel fatigued or anything like that. So 100%. I think that if we recreate the REM phases of sleep, we can definitely do it. 100%. That I can, that, that I can back up with. So the first thing I would do in virtual life is going to be something that I'm going to steal from you from a previous episode. And... That would be, so not going to the dream state, not doing the whole time dilation thing that Jotun's so worried about. It would be a bit like more closely directed to really play a one where you would put your whole body into the simulation itself and you would mm. play space soccer or asteroid hopping exercises like obstacle courses and stuff. So mm. using simulation to physically train yourself. So 
being able to say like, hey, I want to, instead of like, like Yotan mentioned, like you would go explore the places, but I would do, I, I would be more focused to making like a sport activity based thing. Like say, hey, Yotan, you want to go play some basketball on Jupiter's low gravity and, or high gravity, sorry, high gravity. And you say, yeah, let's go do it. And then obviously we would fill the, the a bit of the G's. Obviously, there's certain things our body should not be experiencing. <laughs> but we would experience some of those G's and get a real workout out of it. Like push sports and exercises from where they are to something that's more adventurous and more like, hey, what do you think the gravity is like on Pluto? You're like, well, Pluto's not a planet anymore, but it's probably really cold. So when you go, go there, it's blooming like freezing and you have to like train yourselves in that kind of climate and that kind of situation. So I see it as more of like a, let's train ourselves or let's go experience things like you say in the virtual world. But I would like to take the, the, the part of that, obviously not life threatening, but part of those things where it trains your body in certain conditions and get the benefit of not just playing and sitting, but also getting active and walking and virtually walking around but obviously your body's experiencing those things in the real world that would be one of the first things i would do yeah and i don't even think that that would be so difficult to pull off because we don't realize how much our perceptions shape our reality and by that i mean what it sounds to me like is you want to change the extent to which our actions in the real world have an effect in the virtual world. And by that, I mean, if you are running in the real world, you can make yourself like 10 times as fast in the game world. But to yeah. you, it still feels like you're running. And you can easily simulate playing basketball on Jupiter by just making it look like you are jumping super high or exactly. not jumping very high. But in, in real life, you're still jumping the same height. It's just that... If you're in the virtual world and you see that you're only jumping at half the height, your brain literally believes it. So after a while, you will believe it. And I think it wouldn't be difficult to trick people. People are gullible. You can trick (laughs) them by just (laughs) making it look like it's happening in a way. You sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sheeple. Okay, so we are running closer to the end of time, but let's, let's touch on one more and then we can conclude this episode. So what would be the second thing you would most likely do in a cyber life, cyber simulation? I already said it. It's travel the real world and okay. then see um, fantasy worlds. Oh, um, okay. But granted, granted as well, it would be doing things that you can't do in real life, like throwing fireballs and things like that. <laughs> Fireball. Yeah. Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hadouken. Hadouken. <laughs> um, okay, so my second thing that I will do in a cyber simulation is have my own engineering testing facility. So it would be a place where I would be able to, obviously, not necessarily procure, but able to conjure all the mechanical items and uh, electronics and that kind of thing. And make sure that they simulate real-world items and go ham is the blunt of it. Is that design everything, mess around with this, see why this does this. And I would have the pain simulation on where I would feel a little bit of the pain, but not the whole extent of the pain. So at least I know that if I do this, this is going to hurt. And I would just mess around with like robotics and designs and having all the tools. And then at that one point, 
optimize how to build this thing optimally with the least amount of money and the least amount of resources wasted. That would be because then yeah. that, that would be a passion project for me because then that would be something where I like say, okay, I see Iron Man's repulsor. Now I don't have to worry about that saying, okay, I need to get the right facility, the right tools, the right material, because I'll be able to conjure all that stuff. I'll say, okay, what tool do I need to I need this certain spanner, this certain screwdriver. Uh, I need to get this certain mechanical machine, and that's that's basically would be one of my dream things to do in a cyber simulation, where I'll still be able to learn and grow, but to have the no barriers or or the constraints of finances and material costs. That 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 would be cool. Yeah. So uh, did, you had one more question, right? Can't we do that like? Bullet points. Okay. You were just touching on such a fun thing here. You don't even have one comment about my perfect warehouse simulation building thing. Okay, fine, fine, fine. We'll move on, move on. Well, I, I think that, I think it makes sense. <laughs> yes, That's... I'm one year. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to poke holes in your stuff today. I Like, I, you can't, you can't, it's, it's your fantasy, so... Yeah, oh, whatever. Hey, my dreams come true. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to touch on the last top- topic here, guys. I'll go first because I will do short bullet points. But the last topic, Jotun, you are aware of it, is future predictions on virtual life slash cyber life. So basically, virtual simulation, how will the world as we know it go further and further? So here are my little bullet points, and Jotun, I'll give you a little bit more time to delve into it. So... I see virtual life moving away from metaverse kind of thing and getting more, like you say, really player one gaming life. Why I say that is that VR chat is something that people really adore and very love. And I see people moving more towards that where it's it's going to be moving closer and closer to making everything that you own and believe in in a virtual simulation. And But there will be a bit of a mixture. So... How cyber life will grow is definitely via gaming, 100%. However, I do see business worlds, they they want to try to incorporate more and more of it into their everyday world. But uh, I definitely feel that there's going to be big time clash and resistance between people who are not, say, tech savvy and people who are more tech savvy, like myself and Jotun, who are more open to the idea. And you're going to have the other people, other side where people are fully against it. But... I see growth definitely coming from gaming more than the metaverse like Facebook is trying to push because I don't see it at, besides VR chat. I don't see many people really getting into it wholeheartedly until it becomes more commercialized and a lot easier to kind of sell because at the, at the one one of the hardest thing for me to start a VR kind of headset is because it's 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 an expensive uh, item to start up with. But th- that's basically the summary of everything. I think it's going to be costly, and I don't think I don't think evolution is going to be too far forward until we start delving into trying to reduce the cost. What about you, Jotun? What are your two cents? So I actually agree with you entirely. But I think that if we use the real world as an analogy now, and also how social media and the internet have progressed as that like analogy it's 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 basically going to be like futurama with their cyber world basically we're going to be trying to have fun and use the platform but they're just going to be so damn many ads (laughs) 
I think basically either you'll have to deal with the ads inside the virtual space or you'll have to pay for a premium account. And we can uh, see that happening. We see that with all the platforms. YouTube, uh, Spotify, lots of things let you watch stuff for free, like think Crunchyroll. But if you want the, the ad-free experience, you know, uh, pay the premium price. I think that's uh, how it'll be. So you think the corporate role is going like, to take over and say, so you remember how gaming used to be free, ad-free, you used to get the disc and you own all the rights? By the way, you need an all pay us a monthly subscription to own that game and that simulation because obviously guys come on the simulation needs to be shared with the monster populace <laughs> no so i i actually think it's going to be a lot like uh the gaming space that we have now where you can either pay 60 or 70 dollars for a game and then you can have fun in it whatever and there might be some restrictions in there but at, at least you have the base game or if you're having a free-to-play, which I think like Fortnite and all of those kinds of things are very popular, if you want to be part of the in-crowd, then you'll have to, like, you, you'll want to play that game. But those will be the games with, like, heavy ads and such. And so if you want a premium experience that's ad-free, then <laughs> pay the money, my friend. Yeah, I uh. think that's how it'll go. Yeah, I agree with you. I also think at, at at some points, I think cyber simulation, which humanity will go more into, is obviously trying to incorporate more and more of our physical bodies into like VR. So like our arms will be included first, and then perhaps our torsos, and we'll work from top to bottom situation where feet will be something a bit slower because no one, everyone can't kind of walk everywhere they want to go. But if you're able to move your whole torso area, which VR basically really captures, but have your actual arm movements like I can stretch out my arm, I can bend it and do it properly to see your, more and more of yourself into the game. I think that's that's that would be a very cool thing to see. Yeah, definitely. But guys, I think that's where we are going to conclude this episode of our Ramble Shamble. Again, guys, let's just touch on to the nitty gritty of it. Please don't go away because we do appreciate you listening to this. And to start off is... Ramble Shambles shared onto almost every podcasting platform you can think of. Spotify, Apple, Podcast Addict, Pocket Podcast. There's so many of them out there nowadays. And we, we really appreciate every like, subscribe, five-star rating you can provide. And share it to as many friends and family members as you can because we want to grow this community. And again, guys, we do have our own little Discord where you guys can join, chat with us, play games with us. It's still a bit slow, but who knows? Maybe by the time this whole recording goes out, it has grown a bit since then. But we do appreciate all the support that you guys do give us. And your comments on the question at the end of each episode, which I'll let Jotun decide the question because he, he, he does a very good job there. But Jotun, what is the question and why do the audience, why should the audience even bother answering said question? So I think the, the question for this week should be who has the best depiction or whose choice of the best depiction of a virtual life was the like who who made the better argument for it because i i don't think there's much use in saying who has the best personal wish for for a virtual world me, um, me. because anybody can make an argument a solid argument for that but i think saying which virtual world we think has been depicted the best and why 
I think you guys can really contribute there. And the reason why we want you guys to contribute is because we use your answers in a separate playlist to make an episode of Ramble Shrapnel, which is a shorter episode, or shard as we like to call them, that expands on your response and like just talks about that for a little bit because we can't think of everything. So first of all, we want to know who made the better argument for the best virtual world, but then also tell us what you think is the best simulation or virtual world for, for just for everyone. And we'll talk about that for a bit. Yeah. So again, guys, we post these episodes regularly on every Thursday. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, I encourage you to go listen to them because there's a lot of good episodes back there. A lot of interesting topics that we touch on. And again, guys, if, if you're not aware, we do have a little gaming channel called Fumble Shamble. We have a little kind of thing going here. Fumble Shamble, Ramble Shamble, Ramble Shrapnel. Try to say that quite a few times fast. And until then, guys, I hope you guys come listen to our next episode. See you until then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.